All right. Welcome. Welcome to 2024. Happy New Year. Happy New Year from the side. I, I am Uptown Bobby, a.k.a. Uh, Robert, Bobby. Just don't call me Bob. <laughs> and I am K. Clark. Yes. Welcome to the new year. I hope y'all are doing well. I hope 2023 ended okay for y'all. Uh, if you didn't have a good 2023, here's looking at the 2024. Uh, I had a pretty good 2023 what about you how would you rate your 2023 um i'd say it was good overall i mean with some changes you know a, a mood at the beginning of last year or, yeah last year at this point <laughs> um i moved and did that and uh, i um i did try to make a commitment to sort of uh put myself out there more as far as performing um which i think i did you know i made that effort and think you know uh made some progress with that I think so. Um, I was a little bit uh, disappointed myself that I didn't put out any new music, but then I, I thought about it. And I, this is last year was like the first year in like I think like six years that I hadn't put out anything any music at all. So I was like, well, you know, that's you know, I think that's pretty good track record. So uh, overall, yes, yeah, so I'll say I was happy with uh, with twenty twenty three. Yeah, but, uh, I just want to take this time to shout out you, K. Clark. And the artist Afro Sensei. I mean, the growth has been phenomenal. Uh, I've known you since college, and to see the transition and growth, it's been beautiful to watch. And I just want to give you your flowers while we're still here. I'm proud of you. I think you took a big leap uh, to be performing live. Because if y'all don't know the the origin story of uh, K. Clark's uh, music career. They essentially wanted to be like K. Trinata and like mm -hmm. make the music and let other people like sing it and perform it. But I mean, that's kind of hard to do when you don't have those resources. Mm -hmm. So they took it upon themselves and just became the artist. And that's big and bold when you have somewhat of a, um, I guess you could say, introverted personality. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's that's <Right>. factual. <laughs> so, so to see you come out there, shells, wonderful to watch it with that, especially the social media part because. If y'all don't follow uh, Afro Sensei, please do because the storytelling is really good, and I, I'm always impressed with those videos you do, well, reels, and they're so well done and to the point. I never know what to expect. Like, you took a big leap this year creatively, as far as like the the, the reels, the performances. It's been fun to watch. So I just hope you have a great 2024. I hope you're able to expand upon that, and I wish you nothing but the best. Oh, thank you. Thank, thank you very much. Uh, I really You're appreciate welcome. that. Uh, oh, speaking of uh, college, uh, you've been recently become a college graduate again. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Finally, yeah. no, man, my college, that was a long, a long road. Uh, anybody out there that's uh, been to college or going back, man, that shit is not hard. Well, it's not easy. <laughs> it's, it's, it's pretty hard. And um, mm. I finally finished and um. Um, yeah, that was that was a good thing to finish on my terms, to finish at the place I wanted to finish. Uh, it, it was it was hard, but it was worth it. You know, I know we all say college is a scam, which financially it is, but uh, certain professions you have to get this piece of paper in order to get the job. So, hmm. you know, that's what I had to do. So I went back and did it, and you know, hopefully, I'm able to secure a solid job, but a job that can also help me help other people. You know, you working mind? at a public 
Oh, you mind saying what you mind saying what your degree was in? Was it like library science or true community center? Like you can go, you can do anything from just sitting there hanging out on being on your phone using the Wi-Fi, free public Wi-Fi. We got movies if you still watch DVDs. We got CDs if you got if you still listen to CDs. Uh, we have uh, wireless uh, hotspots. We have uh, if you're Nintendo switches depending on your library system. Some libraries let you borrow tools. Some libraries let you borrow like all types of stuff, man. It's, it's so much more than just books. So I know our library here. Uh, I know a library here. They have 3D printers and they have you know book clubs. Exactly. And things. Yeah. So, right. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. Exactly. Yeah. The programming too. Yeah. Uh, it, it's an amazing resource, and I want everybody to use it to its full potential. Because the more people use it, the more funding they get, and the more stuff we could do for the public. So. Never hesitate to visit your, visit your local library. Like, please. Absolutely. So that's that's the positivity uh, part of the show. <laughs> so yeah, y'all can't say we never say we never talk about this is more than just gossip. It's more than just celebrity shit. We we do talk about real life shit as well. But uh, we're about to dive into the celebrity portion of the show. So if you're tired of the cat williams situation i'm just gonna tell you right now just fast forward probably for like 20 30 minutes because <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna do a deep dive and we're gonna we're gonna do some top we're gonna talk about it from a nuanced perspective because it's a hot juicy topic it's a hot he said a lot of shit and we're just gonna cover some of the things he said uh first off i want to ask you what do you think what were your first impressions impressions about the interview and like how did you hear about it uh and how much of it did you watch and, and give us your first you know uh reaction to it i think i heard about it just like i think i just saw clips the, the, i think that initial clip of him talking about uh ricky smiley and then like i think kevin hart and steve Harvey, like because he kind of rapid fire you know <laughs> shaded everybody or read, read everybody uh in the first like i think 23 minutes of the pro of it um i actually watched pretty much the whole thing actually um the whole two hours i think 45 minutes is the, is the whole length of it so i think i saw like clips circulating online I was like well, let, me, let me see what this is about and then you know i watched watched the whole thing um my impression i came away with was like uh well one i had really been patient to uh, i mean I, I i've seen clips of like uh shannon sharp's show before and that's that's a tongue twister um I, like I saw clips of like, like different people. I think um like he had on like uh Marshawn Lynch and uh a few other people here and there that I watched clips watched from clips on from time to time. So I, I was aware of the show. Uh but I hadn't seen ones with like with like uh Cedric and Tanner or um can smile at anybody else. So uh I've learned I guess a cat I guess of responding to things they said and that's what and that's basically what his whole he, he was saying that's his reason for appearing on there anyway. Um, but what I take away from it, I mean, one, Cat Williams is at least when it comes to like observing like human behavior and 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 um being aware of people and how they operate or just like human behavior, human nature, human nature in general. He seems he's very observant, which makes for a good comedian, which is probably why he why he is a good comedian. Uh so I think he's very intelligent in that sense. Um I also think, uh, as we discussed in our DMs, there was there was some truth, and there was some bitterness, <laughs> because I think what came across to me is that when it comes to comedy, uh, he approaches comedy as an art, 
he sees comedy yes it's entertaining but he also sees it as an art and i think he i think his impression of his what he gets from or what he was you say either implying or outright saying about steve and ricky smiley and cedric and kevin hart is that they approach it more as like a business purely a purely a business and a brand building um opportunity they, they see comedy as like an extension of their overall brand and those two approaches you know are going to clash the purist and the commercialist or whatever you want to call it you know the careerist i guess you can say on uh, the other side so I, that's why i got that from that and i got dick so there's some truth in the things he was saying but i think there was some resentment in the sense that he feels he's more talented than those guys um but they're on paper they're more successful and he, and he and he says his mind they're more successful because they play the game in the way that he won't which we'll get to that in a minute because that was that was the more it's quote unquote uh problematic part of the interview for me um not much sure using quotation marks because it, but it was problematic uh at least in my opinion um and on the flip side there, there could be some truth because there may be a, a uh from Cedric or from Steve or from Kevin or from Ricky Smiley seeing how project how productive he is or like self-produced he is in the sense that he can he can sit down write an hour long hour and have a special and do that over and over and over again. I think he has like 12 specials at this point and I think he's done like 19 100 city tours. So the fact that he can do that and do it so consistently and so well for the most for the most, for the most part for so long that may be intimidating to them and they may they may feel like okay well we gonna we gonna have to stick together and ask this nigga out because we kind of we gotta protect our shit, you know. So I got a lot of that from that from, from uh the interview. I also got um I, I felt that uh he was tight lipped or or didn't want to just to spook his own tea, which I mean that's human nature in general. Um but I did notice that the part where he got the most sort of like um not quiet, but the most sort of like reluctant to to go into detail was when Shane was asking about his his childhood and how he grew up and and his family. Uh, dynamic and all that. He's that's when he got the most sort of quiet and, and less, you know, rah rah. Um, but overall, I mean, it was it was kind of like it was it was chaotic. It was funny. It was like head scratching. It was like oh nigga, come on. And it was all it was all that rolling in one. <laughs> uh, so that's my takeaway. What, what about you? <laughs> um, I was I I'm familiar with Shannon Sharp's show. It's something that I'm happy that he's able to do by himself because I, I don't know if you followed him. I don't know if you've been following his TV career, but he's been. I know a skip. That's all I know. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. That's what he really became a household name as far as a TV personality is him and mm -hmm. Skip Bayless. Mm -hmm. And I just got tired of Skip Bayless pretty much using him to become, you know, uh, a continued trend because. Skip benefited greatly from Shannon. You know, Shannon Sharp was okay. He's a Hall of Fame football player. He had a successful NFL analyst career. You know, he was always on TV. He's been on TV for, you know, a decade plus before even going on um, the show with Skip. So he was always going to have a career and he's always going to be successful. But when, you know, his chemistry with Skip took off and, you know, now we live in a social media culture where everything is memeable or able to turn to a gift, he started crossing over. Like, that's how you, uh, someone like you who doesn't really follow sports, found out mm. about Shannon Show because the gifts and the memes, you know, of his facial expressions and some of his sayings. And when he broke away from Skip Bayless and started doing his own thing, I was happy for him because, you know, you always want to see 
someone do their own thing if they're if they're the talented one, especially when they with a white partner. You know, you want to mm. see him break away, do his own thing, stop benefiting this white man. Mm. So that's good. I never really cared for the solo thing because it's just him. Like I've seen people criticize his interview techniques, but the whole thing about his podcast or his little format is that it's free flowing. You know, mm. he, he bring a guest on, they drink liquor and they talk like shooting the shit like at the barbershop or on the porch or some shit. So, you know, that's that's the format. So when I heard uh, someone, I had a friend telling me Cat Williams was on there, I was like, oh, okay, that's cool, good for Cat Williams. You know, always good that he's out, out here doing okay, you know, that he's, you know, making his strides, doing his thing. I was just kind of shocked to hear that he used it as a moment to air people out. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know what to expect when I finally watched it. And when I watched it, it the ha-ha moment was there automatically, you know, like him airing out Ricky Smiley, you know, saying like, you know, you claim that you auditioned to be Money Mike when, you know, why would you ever be Money Mike? Because you're not, mm-hmm. you're not funny. You know, you're, you're, you know, you're a Christian comedian. You know, we go back to Comic View. You didn't even want to cuss, mm-hmm. you know, now you are like basically just setting Ricky Smiley up as if he's a fraud. Mm-hmm. Then he brings up Cedric, the entertainer says Cedric stole some jokes, you know, which in the comedy world is a sin. Uh, he brought up Steve Harvey, you know, which was the pure ha-ha moment because we all know how big Steve Harvey is and how bulletproof he is sometimes towards, like, you know, everything because he's so visible. Mm. And he just tore, tore Steve apart, accused him of stealing people's jokes, you know, said his hairline, he said his, he had a hair unit, said, mm. you know, he stole... Stole stuff from Mark Curry, you uh, know, said that he's not funny. No one ever pursued him for acting roles. He just wanted to be an actor because he saw Bernie Mac doing it, you know, fell out with Bernie. It was just, you know, and, and all these things hold merit because Cat Williams has been around the comedy scene for a very long time. He's, you know, he grew into prominence around the same time. Some of these people were still doing stand-up and doing things like Comic View. So when it comes to the comedy side, you really can't question too much of what he's saying because he was there. Now, some of it is slanting and biased, of course, because he is Cat Williams and he's going to support Cat Williams more than he supports anybody else. But you do take some of it to heart because he was in those circles. And then, you know, with the power of social media and everybody having the ability to go dig up clips and all that and then, you know, make a video with things side by side, you know, they're able to support his case. So, you know, that was interesting because I'm a fan of Cat Williams as a comedian. I thought he was really funny in his prime. I thought he was a he was really different. You know, it was it was a gimmick, but it was a gimmick that worked. And he was very short. Like you said, he takes comedy very seriously. It's an art form. And when you take it seriously as an art form, you don't want just anybody coming along and just doing shit and then like profiting from it. You you, mm-hmm. you take you disrespected by kind of like how hip some people are with hip hop. Some people see hip hop as being like a sacred art form. It's a culture, and then when you have certain people who come and you know they make something that they feel is less has less artistic merit, but it's successful. They feel like the culture is being you know uh, sold out, or people are what they call them, culture vultures and all mm-hmm. that jazz. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of how cat feels. But 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 but. Throughout all these allegations, a lot of it, some of it comes off as bitterness. And we, if you follow Cat Williams, 
you don't even have to be a cap when you stand to know that the man has had trouble with the law. Uh, and he's been accused of, you know, drugs, using drugs. Now, he he somewhat slides past the, the crime allegations saying that he wasn't in prison. He was in jail. You know, he claims he never used drugs. But I mean, if if you want to believe that, that's fine. But when you're a famous person and you end up getting in fights with middle schoolers and it's recorded and you're getting beat up by a middle schooler, I have to assume that you're not sober. <laughs> that that's just my personal take. Like, I, if I'm going to fight a middle schooler, I need to be fucked up. I need to be out my fucking mind <laughs> on something, especially if I'm losing. He started the fight with the middle schooler, punched the boy first, and then got his ass beat. So, mm. if you're doing small. all that, yeah, he is a small person, but still, you're a grown ass man that started yeah. the fight with a child. You need to back. You need to be able to back it up at the very least if you're mm. going to fight children. But. You know, that's neither here nor there. But the biggest takeaway and problem I had with the interview is the rapid homophobia and, like, uh, just overall over-religious kind of, like, um, Hotep-ass type take, like, Black <laughs> Israelite type of stance. Like, like it, was, it, was, it was very Kanye-esque the way he... The way he took no accountability for some of his things, but everything was, like, me against the world, and you know, he he kept referencing like this dark side of Hollywood, which we've heard before. You know, we we're not new to any of these allegations about uh, Hollywood being this, I guess, Sodom, modern day Solomon Gomorrah. You know, people doing uh, lewd sexual acts. You know, yeah, some for favor, yeah, yeah, some for promotions. You know, things like that. And my biggest problem with that is one, okay, these guys. We can talk about talent all day. Is Cab Williams funnier than a Steve Harvey, Cedric Entertainer, Ricky Smiley, uh, Faison Love on a, on a straight comedy basis? I would say he is. And I would say, you know, the ability he had to get these specials and just become a popular person overall, I'll say yes. He He's funnier than them. He's, I'm not going to say he's self-made, but he's very smart. He was he's smart about his branding. Yes, self-contained. He was able to do a lot of this by just being really fucking good and at the right place, right time, with the right things going on. And, and that's a that's a hell of a thing to do, you know, as somebody who's undersized. He, he's the ultimate underdog. But the 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 jealousy comes in at the fact that he wasn't able to maintain that, and also they're still relevant now. Like versus compared, like he still has to do comedy to be relevant. Why they don't have to do comedy? You know, Cedric Entertainer has a long time running show on CBS. Mm -hmm. Steve does every fucking thing. You know, Ricky Smiley has a, a successful radio show. Uh, Kevin Hart is probably the last big comedian of that type of era where you know they sell out. They they can do movies. They can do all that. So mm -hmm. it, it's a lot of people who are doing better than him. At, at a public level, and I think he has a problem with that. And it's okay that he has a problem with that. He's entitled to have a problem with that. But my thing is, when you're accusing them of kissing ass and literal, like, uh, let's mm -hmm. say, you know, sexual acts. Yeah, yeah, fucking sucking dick, all that. Mm -hmm. It just makes it seem like you're bitter. And also, it's really homophobic, because it's like, same thing with the Diddy, the Diddy allegations. If what they're doing is, is, is factual, you know, that's their business, you know. Um, now, when you 
when you're like putting people in that situation, like a Cassie, or you're raping mm. people, that's when it's problematic. That's when it's like, oh, it's not consensual. But as long as it's consensual, like, I mean, granted, it is wrong to ask people to do stuff like that for favors. You know, that is, or, you know, if you want to get this, it's coercive. Is, yeah, yeah, that's a soul. Mm. You know, that's not funny. But if that happened, it happened. You know, the way he's weaponizing it, that's the problem, you know what I'm saying? And and, and it's slanderous because we don't know if any of that actually happened. Mm-hmm. You know, um now the Diddy thing, what you say? Well, he, I was saying, well, he 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 um, you know, it's it's him. Uh I'd say I'll put Eddie Griffin in there. Uh it's also uh Jay Farrell. It's like it's, it's an ilk of them, or a couple of them that's like they say they're really stuck on this thing of like, you know, I'm not gonna wear a dress. Dave, even though he wore a dress in Robin Hood and tights. Um you know, Dave is another one. It's like they they link that with with uh, emasculation, which you know they, they link that with like you know somehow they put on a dress or they do something that's that's just that's gender bending, that you know all of a sudden their manhood is just drains out of their body and they and they can no longer just procreate or you know have a nice hairline. I don't know whatever you know it's it's just like. They 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 link that somehow with somehow giving up something or something being taken from them or, or you know probably butt breaking or whatever the fuck you know Tariq t- t- <laughs> she go, go on about you know is and it's, and and that is homophobic because it's just like you know it, it devolves into that pretty quickly when they talk when when they start to talk about that you know it's like oh they it's like oh they got them who is they oh they got them you know the que- the, the queens that run Hollywood they got them. they made them do it you know and that spills back onto regular everyday. Uh, LGBT, LGBTQ folks, you know, simply black folks who got to live with y'all niggas when they say things like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the really bad part about it. Um, because it's it's just now now I, I will say this: the part about the dress, I do think, I think that's overplayed. I, I, okay, here's my thing about the dress: do I think it's necessary for a lot of these comedians to put on dresses? I do. I don't think it's necessary. I I, I kind of take offense to it because you could. I think DC Curry said it best. You have plenty of funny women out there that could be casted in a role or a character that you could give to them. Because I know it was a part where SNL didn't really like casting black women, and when they would have a black guest on, they would have them dress up as women. So I think. That could that could kind of be seen as problematic as well because you you you're taking jobs from people, but if an actor chooses to want to put a dress on and you know tap into that, I think that's fine. It's a fine line between problematic and it's a it's a fine line between it being homophobic and also like why well why what's the point like is the dress really is it funny you know is is it the actor wanting to do this to be funny or is well, it like is it you. Like what's the where, where is the balance between that two though? Yeah, yeah. I think well, I think the thing is, is like th- there's a big difference between someone like a uh, Jimmy Fox back in the day doing Ugly Wanda or um, Eddie Murphy doing Norbert and um, Wesley Snipes doing Nakasima Jackson. That's those are two different things in my opinion because with Ugly Wanda and with Chris Rock when he was on The Fresh Prince and with um, uh Norbert with, with Eddie Murphy and his characters and the other people that that straight black means that have done drag or or dress up as women. The joke is it's a man in a dress. That's the whole joke. Like, look at this man in this dress. He came walking in the heels. 
the dress don't fit him, the wig is crooked, the makeup is terrible, you know, that's a joke. And in a way, they're kind of mocking femininity and mocking black women specifically, uh, uh, you know, with, with the with their behavior, with the look itself. The thing with Nagazima, there wasn't none of that. Nagazima was a drag queen. Nagazima was a celebration of femininity, even a celebration of glamour. You know, that's the difference. It's, it's a right. Big and you, you take a you take a, a Shanene or a, you know Mars Mama. I think that's more nuanced. You know, I think that's bit, more yeah, funny because bit, yeah. because he's he's acting like his mama. You know, so that's like I guess his portrayal of his mother. I guess Shanene is a portrayal of like a around the way girl. So right, I guess that's right. that can be funny, but things like Myrtle Urkel and like uh, like you said, Wanda on Jamie Foxx and even Big Mama House, I, I don't I don't I don't see the comedic result in that really. Do I think it's defaming manhood or emasculating them? I mean the niggas chose to do it, so I mean I don't think mm. it's emasculating the niggas. Chose. But I do think there's a fine line between something tasteful and funny between or just being, like you said, kind of like demeaning and like, what, what's the real point of it, the, the purpose of it? You know, like, mm. uh, I think it all started with kind of like Flip Wilson and then it just always became a thing. And I know uh, Richard Pryor was like, I'm not wearing no fucking dress. And that trickled down to like Dave Chappelle saying, I'm not wearing no fucking dress. And then, mm. you know, other people, and then Cat Williams is like the latest person say, "I'm never putting on the fucking dress," and it's like I, I, I get it. You know, if you don't, if you don't want to do it, you don't have to do it. But my thing is, sometimes when they're so adamant about not like, putting on the dress, it makes it come off as homophobic. Like, like, because yeah, like, yeah, like what's like what's, what's really issue? Because also later on, he was saying about Kevin Hart that he was all for Kevin Hart's roles, and that he said, "Well, I'll do it, but can we take out the like the step and fetch and shit? Can we take out?" I don't have to act like a, a, a homosexual. He said, I'm like, okay, well, if you say you don't hate gay people, then you shouldn't be afraid to be perceived as gay. Because if you know what you like and what you don't like, then what's really the issue? Mm. You know? Yeah, that's, that's true. And it's like, you, you pretend to be a pimp, but I guess the dress thing is too much, but the pimp thing is just a derogatory but I, I mean, you know, it's, but it's but it's it's hyper masculine. It, it's something men will respect versus you putting on a dress. But also, if, if you don't want to put on a dress, that's fine. I just find the the, the way they go about announcing I'm not putting on a dress can be a bit problematic. But also, I mean, I kind of get it though because some white men, so, I, I I don't know how true it is for these. They make it seem like the studio execs walk up to them and say, "Hey, put on a fucking dress. That'd be funny." Like, I, I don't know if that's the taste necessarily because, like, you know, Chevy Chase didn't have to put on a dress or Steve Martin didn't have to put on the dress, you know, things like that. They they didn't, but Milton Berle did and Robin Williams right. did and, and Tom Even Hanks Tom did. Hanks. Yeah. Uh, Patrick yeah. Swayze, Swayze did, but I will argue again the difference between Patrick Swayze and Tu Wong Fu and Bosom Buddies. You know? Right. And also, we never hear them even talk about that shit. Tom Hayes never talk about bosom buddies. Yeah. And if he did, he'd be like, yeah, that was my first big break. That's it. Yeah. He's not saying all oh, the motherfuckers came to me and said, put on a dress. And I was like, man, fuck that dress. But I ain't had no money, so I did it. You know, right. he ain't never, but, yeah, never but then, been that type of shit. Yeah, but then of course, you know, white men, straight white men, the power relation is different. It's just like, they don't have to worry about, oh, if I do this, it's gonna like hurt the reputation of white masculinity and white man. Oh, well, yeah, yeah. And, yeah, know, because like, yeah, and and then and you look at somebody like a Tyler Perry who did do the dress thing, but it benefited him so greatly. And also, that's 
he's acting. I, I will say with Tyler Perry as Madea, it's an act. You know, is mm-hmm. it? It's not as like we talked about how you talked about earlier with Wanda and other examples mm-hmm. with them like kind of making a mockery of women. I guess with Tyler Perry, it's just him pretending to be like that older black, you know, grandma figure. Is it outlandish? Yes. Is it somewhat buffoony, like buffoonery? I mean, yeah, kind of, but mm. I mean, it's made that nigga a lot of fucking money. And <laughs> you know, so much money that even when he claims he's not going to do it no more, he does it. So, mm. I mean, it's that. But it, it, it's just my problem that like, he said in the second part, he was like, when he went to Hollywood, his goal was to, I guess, you know, be famous, but also Expose have, a vir- have a virgin booty hole and never suck a penis. Like, yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Which, again, I, I think, because on the one hand, you could, obviously, I, I don't doubt him when he says that there have been situations where, where people have tried to, like, abuse their power. You think about the incident with Terry Crews where that guy grabbed him by the balls. You know, mm-hmm. and, then, and then people drag him online saying, well, "Why didn't you use all the muscles and beat him up?" You know, you know, um, and just basically mocked him, uh, which is ironic because the movie he got he, he kind of he got famous in Friday at the Next. I mean, I said this to you in the DM. I mean, the premise of that whole movie is basically we gotta get this rent money we, or we gonna get raped. That's the that's the plot of the movie. <laughs> like they don't get the rent money, they get they get inside a toss as Miss Purdy told them, you know, against their will. You know. Um, and but yeah, with, with Kat saying that, it's like it goes back to that thing that it, 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 we call it a cabal of people, of comedians. That, <laughs> that, that, that a cabal. I just laugh when he's like a cabal. I was thinking of Mortal Kombat, but um, no, he said a cabal of comedians like gatekeepers. It's just like it, it's bad. On the one hand, you want to acknowledge that the that abuse of power happens because it happens to men as well as women, even though it happens more so to women. So it's important to acknowledge that, but at the same time, it's like. Not every comedian, not every, not every successful black man is out here getting their cheese clapped to get be successful, you know. Some of no, some of them are because they're just gay, you know. Um, you know, uh, Billy Porter or, or uh, Coleman Domingo or um, um, any number of uh, you know, get uh, out out actors or out uh, artists, you know, they they gay and that's what they like, that's what they into. It's not necessarily that they, they they getting uh abused or 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 getting coerced and doing something just just who they are. You know, and on the flip side, you know, some some folks are just talented, like uh, and they and they make it, and they make it because they are talented. It's not necessarily because they sold they sold like he implied about ludicrous, or they um, you know, they they got you know they got coerced into having sex with somebody so they could get on. You know, it's like sometimes they just happen to move up the ranks and be successful because they're good at what they do and they are strategic. You know. So his denial of that, I, I think that's where the business part comes in. You know, it's that narrative I told you about. He 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 got that narrative like you know, last of a dying breed. That's you know, you know they 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 all they all got guy, but not me, not me. Oh yeah, last real nigga alive. So mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's disheartening too because it's like man, we talked about this before, but you don't. Why is it that black people have to sell their souls to be famous? You know, and like because Cat Williams. And, and this is my part about not taking accountability. Like, you fucked up. You fucked up with, like, the law. He claims he never did drugs, but okay, whatever. Side eye. Sure. And, yeah, you know, you just, it just, shit didn't go the way it went. But that doesn't mean you, you're not successful. You know, you had a great run, but, like, every run, motherfuckers get cold. Look at Eddie Murphy's career. He is probably one of the greatest comedians of all, all time. But did that run last forever? No, he hit a wall. He made some horrible shit, and his career took a dive. Mm-hmm. You know, it happens to the oh Richard Pryor. It happened to everybody. 
everybody did some shit that they regret. And then they did some shit where it was like, damn, he washed up. It happens, you know? And I think for him, he never got over the fact that his run got cut short by, I guess, some, you know, some personal shit. And then when he tried to get it together, motherfuckers were looking at him like, you know, nigga, you washed up, you know? Mm-hmm. Or, or people probably reveled in the fact that he had those run-ins with the law and drugs or whatever. And he now he feels like, you know, motherfuckers betrayed him or did or never was with him to start with. So I get it, but also it just comes off a little, uh, I'm not going to use the word narcissist, narcissistic, but also very main character, everybody's against me, paranoid type shit. It's, it's that can't tell me nothing, can't tell me nothing syndrome. It, I, I guess that's a vibe I got from, you know, you can't tell him nothing. A very few, a very few people can tell him something, you know. It's like, because I think if, if if what he was saying about his childhood was true, you know, being kicked out or, or leaving, as he said, at 13, being homeless on the streets, stealing to to survive and whatever else, you know, if all that is true, that is some deep, deep trauma. And the fact that mm-hmm. he it's like he came through that and, and became successful, it's like, well, shoot, what I'm listening to you for? You can't tell me nothing. You ain't lived through what I lived through. You know, right. that chip on that shoulder. You know, I, you know, I, I think I don't know how much he realized that that character he played in Atlanta, that Donald would maybe have been low key doing some meta commentary with that character for him, especially when we a scene where he told Ern, you know, if you want to not be like me, there's a chip on your shoulder. That may have been him trying to reach out to Cat <laughs> and and say that, you know, um, you know, because I think that's I, I what I got from that watching the interview is like he 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 never he never like you say he, he couldn't admit to any sort of wrongdoing or areas where he, maybe he messed up or where he wasn't you know uh, didn't, do, didn't 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 make the right, right decision or you know anything it was anything like that it was all about you know uh, I'm me I do me I do me impeccably and these niggas trash <laughs> right yeah these niggas trash they gay mm. uh, they was out here sucking dick to get famous meanwhile me. I didn't bend over, so Hollywood don't like me. You know, okay, whatever, man. Like, it's just a lot of shit it's like, that he said. Yeah, it's like exhibit A, Denzel. <laughs> Nigga, explain. explain. Right. explain. Or any, yeah, a plethora of other black actors. You know, Samuel, explain. Yeah, you know, Spike Lee, you know, uh, all types of niggas, you know, and it's just like, why is it so hard for him to like, not accept the fact that some of his career derailing is part of his fault. You know, if you can take credit for the success, you should be able to take credit for the failure too. So I don't know, but I thought the interview was funny. I thought it was a moment, but I do think it's kind of weird how people just running with the ha ha ha, but overlooking a lot of shit he was saying that was like kind of fucked up. It's not surprising because that fits into 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 their all already fits into what they have the idea that in their heads they have what Holly Weird is like. And that's what they usually call it Holly Weird. And the reason why they call it Holly Weird is because they feel like if you go out there in order to be on TV or to be to make it to the A list, you gotta you know spread them cheeks. So him <laughs> so 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 him so him saying that is not him saying that and saying it over and over again. People running with that is not surprising because they already believe that. They already believe that in order to be successful, you got you got to do you got to conform to what they want you to do, and if you don't, then you uh then you you won't you only make it so far. So the fact that people are, are only focusing on the uh, the salacious bits and and not 
being more critical about that in general is that that's not all that surprising to me, you know. Because hmm. RFS narrative that they have about Hollywood. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it does. If it, you're right. If it's a the Hollywood, the niggas over there doing some weird shit, man. Mm -hmm. All the you Illuminati know. and everything else, all that they <laughs> they they it already fits into into the, into the description they have of what Hollywood is like. While at the same yeah. time, they'll be the first ones to call out the Oscars for not having enough black nominees or, or black movies nominated. It's like y'all want to have it both ways. Y'all want to drag them from not being inclusive, but then when somebody wins something or gets successful, like oh well, you know what she did behind the scenes. <laughs> 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 You know. <laughs> exactly. It's just it's, it's a it's, it makes you scratch your fucking head. Mm. It's just ridiculous. Some of the claims, and I, I'm just like, man, just just say, just take some ownership. Take some fucking ownership, man. I don't like a lot. Of, I don't. I don't like Steve Harvey. I don't think Ricky Smiley's that funny. I definitely never was a fan of Kevin Hart, but mm -hmm. I'm not gonna berate someone's success just because I don't like them necessarily. You know, Steve Harvey's successful. The nigga, you know, he just did what he had to do. You know, do I think he's necessary for me to laugh? No. But, I mean, he did what he had to do. He got where he got. But uh, it was an interesting moment for sure. It's something that people are going to reference for the rest of the year. Oh, yeah, because... Uh, yeah. Who, who caught some strays? Uh, uh, Faison caught a little stray. Tyler Perry caught some. Uh, oh, fuck Faison, love. Fuck face on long off the strength of that. He is a, a bench player talking about I will agree with Cat player Cat Williams about that. I don't like when people who had minimal success or somebody who's like like a C list or D list wants to take shots at somebody who was an A lister. Like, mm. you know, we know you like my I had somebody told me they had to Google Phase on Love because they didn't know who he was when they found oh, like, oh that's big worm. Ooh. You know, like <laughs> Yeah, and he's talking about anybody can get a net, a Netflix special. And no, the fuck they can't. Why don't you have one? Like, like stop it, stop it. Like, mm. don't let's be real. Now, those are the type of people who make you want to like put a battery in Cat Williams' back and have mm. him keep going. But oh, uh, Chris Tucker got some. Uh, oh uh, yeah, yeah. Epstein Christmas. Island. And, <laughs> oh yeah, the Michael Jackson shit. Yeah, was, yeah I mean, but I mean, the delivery was funny, but at the same time, it's like, okay, what if they call it Man Christmas? What's the problem? You know, what's the problem? Brown. Like, are, are, are you? <laughs> yeah. yeah, are you alluding to them having a sexual right, relationship? That, that's, that's 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 that shit that I, I kept, you know, making me irritate me because it's like, okay, so what if they did have a thing? He, they right. grown. And if yeah. so, you know, good. I, I would like for him to fuck an adult for once, you <laughs> know. Uh, so, so let's <laughs> right. So let's let's hope that did happen or whatever mm. the fuck. But yeah, man, I just I just find it very interesting that he went at that man like that, or the, these men like that with this format, and it was really weird. It was different. I I was really. Not not expecting that to happen, honestly, and it happened. So mm -hmm. here we are. Um, what do you what do you think happens after this? Do you think anybody else comes out and tries to defend themselves? Because we had Ooh. Ice Cube, Wait, Ice Cube, yeah, Smiley, Kevin Hart, the only one that took the low road, but he took the high road and the low road at the same time. It was kind of like, you know, kind of like I'm gonna pray for you, uh, get help. Then also, it was kind of like, I think he said something else, like, I'm not worried about, you know, I'm, I'm basically not worried about somebody who, he's not on my level, like, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. 
Uh, I mean, I think at this point, who only person I think hadn't responded is uh that was that was on, on the on the main attack list was Steve. I don't think I don't think he said anything yet. Uh, oh, I don't think Seth said anything yet either. Oh no, he uh, said did say something. He said he said. You oh, Seth responded. He said I didn't steal. He basically said I didn't steal the joke, and you know, uh, you come out that rah rah and well, he didn't say rah rah, but they saying you know you got you talking tough on, in the in the interview, but you know face to face, you know it's a different thing, you know, which I believe that because you know Seth from St. Louis, so. <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> I, I definitely think uh, he he would have some shit on his mind. Mm. That's for um, sure. But yeah, I don't think Steve. I don't think Steve has responded uh, publicly anyway. Yeah, I don't know. No, um, I haven't seen anything from him. Um, uh, who else? Uh, Michael Blackson responded, but it was like nigga who. But uh, oh yeah, he <laughs> he's such an opportunist. Of course, he was gonna respond. He just wanna wanna jump on some shit real, real mm. quick. Um, I think that's who I think that's I, that's, how, that's how I checked that was most of the people that think that respond. I don't think Chris Tucker would probably he probably won't respond because he like you said he he's not it's not his style anyway. Uh Ludacris did a freestyle. Uh, oh god. Yeah, that was pretty bad. I, I didn't catch it, but I, I you know. Um I think that's pretty I think it oh yeah, I didn't like the part I didn't like the part about, about the wives either. I thought that was kind of low that was that was that was a low blow. I, I've seen a lot of people eat that part up. I mean, yeah, they they the, the, the meme. Of, I, I've seen the meme about the wise they all last skin, but still, it's like you know, keep. I don't. Know, I guess you just because keep it to the, the the men, the guys you got a problem with. You know, need to you know, slide into that. Yeah, some of that some of that shit was uh, some of that shit was bush league. Mm. Uh, like you said, making fun of the wise and shit like mm. that. Just just childish shit. Mm. But. You know what? What can you say? <laughs> Holly Hollywood strikes again, but um, it was it was an interesting thing. It was an interesting moment. I'm glad uh, he got that shit off his chest. Uh, I hope he I hope he feels vindicated. I hope he feels like he got what he wanted to get with that shit. You know, mm-hmm. um, I just I just really find it weird that they had to go so low. You know. Uh, so low, so quickly, but that's the business these niggas in. They all hyper competitive and just rah rah rah. You know, I'm better than you. Always, it's a, just a bunch of dick swinging. <laughs> Never I mean, ended yeah. dick swinging. Yeah, I mean, pretty much. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, when you get when you get down to it. <laughs> But because you know uh, I mean? really, cause oh, it, 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 most of it, but we talking about was mess. Like I said, that the, all the oh. pictures are going are going viral. You know, it was all that mm-hmm. stuff. Um, which Nancy I mean, what, shit. yeah, what you got lost is that you know I like the part about Melba, Melba Moore. He brought he got her starting the Hollywood Walk of Fame. That was a nice bit of it, and he showed support right. for Taraji. He, he showed support for Taraji. It was just good, you know. Yeah, um, and, and how smart he is got lost in the sauce too. Because the nigga is the nigga is smart. You know, uh, I, I feel like. When he talked about the art form of comedy, I liked that. I also liked how he talked about uh, Shannon was like, you know, Richard Pryor and I think Red Fox couldn't say the jokes they made back then. He was like, you know, they would adapt. You know, he's like, mm-hmm. you're acting like these aren't smart people. They would have adapted. He said, you know, if you look at the history of language, words just phase out. Some words phase out. Some words come back. He was like, they just would have found other ways to be funny. He was like, you still could be funny. You mm-hmm. just have to find out, you know, what's what's the... What what can you say and make it funny? And I I thought that was a well thought take. You know, it's mm-hmm. certain parts like that that get overshadowed by the foolery, but the foolery is what we want. Mm-hmm. So, you know, 
Yeah, but they, I think that's the kind of double-edged sword. The intelligence fuels the comedy, but it also fuels the resentment because he probably to someone like Kevin Hart and like, you know, nigga, you do anything, but you still, but you popping. <laughs> but, mm-hmm. And you shouldn't be, should be popping like I should be popping, you know? Right, exactly. So, yeah, that's the, that's the gist of it, really. And um, It's sad to see all that shit go down like that, but these, I mean, that's what these niggas like and what these niggas want. You know, oh well. I, but I think um, the last thing I said about it, I think the reason why I caught people's attention one because it's the first. I mean, it's literally like we literally like six days into the into the new year of recording this podcast, and you know it. it so he had he, had, he got like he got like first dibs on on the talk mm-hmm. on the on, on the conversation starter. So that's part of it's that, and also the fact that you know these days people are so. uh uh I'm, I'm trying to say it in a way that doesn't sound like, you know, cancel culture type of thing. But these days, people are so, you know, interviews tend to be so canned nowadays in terms of what people talk about and what they say and what they do. And, you know, especially in terms of like celebrities like that are, you know, not like, you know, reality TV show type of folks. And so for him to sort of basically take the gloves off and be like, you know, I'm going to just say how I feel about this, that, this person, that person, that person, that person. It was like, oh. You know, <laughs> this this isn't the usual sit down thing. You know, so that's why would call people's fascination too. So it's about people that we know and that are, that are very successful and very famous too. Which you know, there you go. <laughs> right, and it is what it is. You know, I I think it was um, it was bound to happen as far as like that part. People like just leeching onto it and running with it and making memes and shit. That's just that's just how we that's how we make jokes. That's just what mm-hmm. happens. But um, so what do you think happens next? Uh, do you think Cab Williams goes on some type of renaissance or you know? Uh, I mean, I don't know because I mean. I think it depends in terms of renaissance, in terms of in terms of like an acting career, that depends on what his reputation is with the studios. You know, can they if mm-hmm. he's, if he if his reputation with the studio is still intact, then yeah, he could he could work his way back on TV or or work his way you know into films or, or things like that. You know, um, you know, it, I think it depends on how how if, if he's burned those bridges or not. Uh, in terms of comedy, he can mm-hmm. still go out. He can still go out on the road. You know, people still mm-hmm. come out and see him. So that hasn't really changed. I think in terms of him being a presence like he was in like the mid two thousands, uh, that would require getting back on screen consistently. You know, um, which mm, I think if he were to do with it, he probably it would probably have to be in things that weren't like Kevin Hart vehicles. It would have to be something something different. Right, because he's different. so exactly. So with um this year going off, we like you at the time of this recording, we're already uh six days in. What's some things you're looking forward to for the year uh 2024, as far as like media, or uh, know, what whatnot? Well, I, I saw the trailer for uh True Detectives coming back season four. So I, I may watch that. Uh, I did. I watched the last season when it actually came out, like in in twenty nineteen, actually, uh, with Mahershala and mm-hmm. um, I think Stephen Dorff was the, the, the two leads. Um, Great season. I, I, yeah, yeah, better than season two. Mm. Um, 
But yeah, uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> I, 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 I like season three a lot. So I, I, I made too many of season four. It's supposed to be like with Jodie Foster, and I can't think of the other uh, actress's name, just lead. But um, you know, it looks, looks, looks interesting. And also, when they were revolving around two female detectives, you know, that's a different, uh, probably different perspective than it would be than the usual. Uh, usual two guys even though season season two had rachel McAdams, but you know um usually it's like two to two detectives they, they would usually revolve a case around so um looking forward to that um i think lil Nas x is putting on a documentary at the end of this month about the montero hmm. tour uh is hbo max or yeah. something mm-hmm. you said? hbo yeah hbo max yeah um so let me watch that uh let's let's be putting on like his second album uh i'm not sure when though but i'm sure you know It'd be the bane of Boosie's existence for about a week. Uh, so see what that's, you know, it'd be interesting to see, see hear what that sounds like. Um, oh, we're going to see Madonna in March for the celebration tour. So looking forward to What's that. What's the location? Uh, Dallas. Mm, mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, this is your second time. It'll be your second time seeing her? Yeah. Nice. And try to that's, that's a couple of things I can think of. I'm trying to think what else because uh, hmm. that's off the top of my head. The things I'm I'm, I'm kind of excited about. So, what about you? I'm looking forward to movies this year. This year, I'm going to try to see more movies. Hmm. I'm looking forward to American fiction. Uh, have you seen the trailer for it? You heard about I have, it? I, I have. Honestly, I kept thinking, like, what is this about? <laughs> I know because I, I kept seeing it on talk shows and, and people talking about it, but I, I couldn't. I, I, was, I would see it like in passing. So I'm thinking, okay, well, mm-hmm. what, 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 what is this about? You know? So the interesting thing about this movie is I read the book. It's based off mm-hmm. a book called Erasure. Mm-hmm. And the book is about this author who is mildly successful. Like, he's successful enough to sell books, uh, but he writes about historic fiction. Mm-hmm. And it, it's a, he makes he does it well enough to make a modest living, and he's a professor as well, but he's not rich. And it, he hits a wall with his latest book because the author's just... The, the agent's just like, man, why the fuck you keep writing this? Like, it don't sell. He's like, you can't write no black shit. So the author is kind of frustrated. You know, he has some stuff going in his personal life with like family that like makes him need money. So he sees this other uh, author that's successful by writing street novels, basically. Mm-hmm. And he just gets pissed off. So he writes this, this hood fantasy and he sells it. Not well, he, he, he releases it under the pseudonym and it takes off. Like, mm-hmm. They they want it. They want it. And so the, the 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 story is basically about identity, race, stereotypes, um, how blackness is perceived, how blackness is received, and it just goes into that. I, I want to see if the move if the movie's capable of sticking the landing. Mm-hmm. Uh or is it, is, would the movie be considered offensive? Because I while reading it, I found it entertaining, but I also was like, damn, you know, can't both exist? You know, can there be a place for uh, a person who's considered to be boring and like, I, I won't say lame, but just a nerd and just somebody who likes, who wants to write historical fiction? Can they exist in their own world without having to stoop? I don't want to say stoop low, but have to do something that's not them to sell. Mm-hmm. And can the person who does do the thing that's not considered 
high art, can they exist as well and profit? You know, so it's an interesting dynamic. It's an interesting conversation. I yeah, just was, didn't think it was something. Huh? What you say? It's kind of like we just, we just finished talking about in a way, minus all the whole type of stuff. <laughs> right, right. So it's just something that I, I didn't think that, I didn't think it was a necessary conversation in 2024, but maybe it is still, or it works. I don't know. Uh, I mean, if you follow, if you go off on what people talk about online, which is not always uh, always the best indicator, but I mean, think of all of those, you know, female raps, you know, sexy red, lotto, make the sad debates, like, you know, everybody, which is part of the really misogyny, but it's like people saying, oh, well, well they get all the attention. Why don't the people listen to uh, Rhapsody or Tara Whack or whatever, you know? <laughs> that, that, no, that, that thing that gets trialed every six months or so. Right. You know? And even Tara Whack kind of buy into this shit a little bit. I, I saw an interview with her and Lil Yachty, and she was like, you know, he basically outright asked her, you know, why, why he thinks she's not on that level of, like, notoriety. And she was like, you know, he said, you know, do you think you playing dark skin play a part in that? She was like, kind of. And he was like, you know, do you think, or she was like, oh, you know, it's because I don't show, you know, I look this my skin, I shake my ass. And then she, you know, she mentioned Lauren Hill and Lauren Hill being a big inspiration. So, you know, that's why she chose to do what she do. And I think it's, I, well, I guess should I answer my own question? I think it is still an argument that's, mm-hmm. that exists because I, I'm like, well, why can't both exist? You know, why can't? Yeah. Sexy red and and the coochie rap girl. I know people don't. Some people don't like that, but I mean, it, yeah. it's okay to it's okay for subgenres to exist. They <laughs> they coochie rappers, so mm. you know, just like we have coke rappers and trap rap and snap rap or whatever the fuck, you know, it's a subgenre. <laughs> so it's okay for coochie rap to exist, and it's okay for traditional rappers like Sierra Tierra Wack and Rhapsody to exist. And here's the thing. Just because these motherfuckers not all in your face don't mean these motherfuckers on food stamps. Like Tierra Whack mm. is she she is not going hungry. You know, mm. the motherfuckers, I would trade bank accounts with her in an instant, <laughs> you know, like please mm. let me get some of the money you get. You know, she she's found ways to make money and be profitable, but you know, it's just it's just a different lane, you know, it's just yeah. And so I guess that is an argument that you still can make. So I yeah, it's, all, yeah, it's, about that. it's always been one actually because like, you think about it. If you ever see, remember seeing uh, Bessie with Queen Latifah when she went uh, to that record label and turned her down, they said that you know they they wanted to, they went with Ethel Waters because she was a, a better representative of the of the race. You know, Bessie just being more you know rough around the edges, kind of around you know basically like a proto. Uh, Coochie rapper, <laughs> in, in a sense, just like in terms of her, the content of her music and her persona, you know, more rough and tumble. Uh, Ethel Waters being more, you know, bourgeoisie, and that's carried on through through the decades. You know, you had you had um, uh, Millie Jackson and Gladys Knight, you know, um, Lauren Hill and Little Kim. You know, every era, it's always that. You know, it's always been this thing between, or you know, you always had. Cosby and Richard Pryor. You know, it's always been this thing of like the sort of upperly mobile black bourgeoisie and the underclass or, you know, co- hood culture. You know, it's always been that that tussle, that, that push and pull, you know. Right. And it's like, it, it's sad that people can't have both. You know, I, I, there should be a world where that author can write his type of fiction and make a profitable living and you know able to just still have his I guess artistic integrity and also another lane for a writer to write street novels street lit whatever you want to call it you know 
So I'm I, interested I, to see the I, movie. I read both. I, I think it's gonna be <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah, I read the coldest winner ever. I also read, you know, wait to excel. You know, mm. you know, shit. Both profitable. You know, one just became. You know, I mean, both are very. Uh, high regarded books, depending where you go, depending what circle you at. Oh, or shit. even someone like, you know, you compare someone like, you know, I know uh, someone like an Elon Harris, like a James Baldwin, you know, sometimes people will kind of not shade Elon Harris, but like not necessarily include them in the, in, in the canon. No, like, no, they would shade him. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah they, he, would, they, would, they would include him in the, other, in the canon, like great, you know, black gay authors because he, they were beach reads, basically, you know. Right. Yeah. About, know, beautiful, 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 beautiful people in dramatic situations and you know, drama right. and divas and you know, just it, but it was well well written and very entertaining. Yeah, and it was it was trailblazing because mm-hmm. one who how many writers you can name before Elin Elin Harris that was writing uh queer uh African American contemporary fiction. Mm-hmm. You know, not many. Not mm-hmm. not on a major publisher, you know, with the right. characters out, you know. So it's, it, yeah, it is a slippery slope with that. And I'm I hope we can find a balance between the two as we continue to go uh, forward artistically and everything. Uh, and the more I think we we make strides, the more I, I see it's still like 1999. <laughs> I almost feel like I almost feel like it was better then because you know, Little Kim was very crass and all that, but. I, I didn't I don't see all the backlash and shit that she got versus a sexy red. I don't know if it's because of the art. I guess because people saw Lil Kim as being a better rapper, but if it was the same I mean, subject matter. Yeah, she is. On, on, on a technical yeah. level. I mean, just maybe, maybe, yeah, showing, yeah. Our, maybe yeah. showing our age, but you know. Yeah, yeah, she is. She is, though. <laughs> but, you know, it's, it, it wasn't the same. It's not the same energy I see. I, I see people outright blame sexy red for like, uh, just like cultural down, like cultural ills, you know, they act like she's <laughs> she's uh fitting the race back and all that type of shit. But I'm uh, like, what Kim, is she doing? Kim new? Dell was some you Kim know? Dell was some of that. Uh if there's an old episode of uh of, what's her name? Rolanda. Uh when she had uh, the talk show, Kim was on there, she performed and they, they had like a whole debate about like her impact and what was going on with and, and what her music meant and everything else. So it, it was some of that happening. Uh I mean, it was, I think it was like one review, or like or they, I think they interviewed like a, maybe like a college uh, review. I'm not sure what it was. A hardcore they called they called it melodic prostitution <laughs> like when it yeah. first came out. So she has she dealt with some backlash, but uh, you know, but, but, but with it being online now, everybody the, the the amount of voices that are contributing to the discussion is louder than it would have been in you know '96, '97. You know, for real, yeah. It's just yeah, it's like. I guess, but I guess the thing is too, and I always try to put this into proper prospect. I mean, perspective is back then we couldn't hear everybody's opinion. You know, mm-hmm. you only heard like, I guess Me- local media. opinions and media, right? Mm-hmm. And for the most part, the media for Lil Kim was positive. It was like, oh, here's this this outright black woman. She's raunchy, she's raw, but she's good. You know, she's in your face, but she's talented. You know, mm-hmm. she's with Biggie. Blah 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 blah. And, but you know, you probably hear your mama or somebody be like, "Oh, that's that's nasty." Like, let's get that off my TV. But you know, with with something like Sexy Red, you're hearing like one side really promote her and hype her up because shit's catchy, it's fun. And then you hear a loud side that say, "Oh, this is gross. She can't rap. She's not talented. She's a plant." Blah blah blah. So I, sometimes we do have the unfortunate uh, landscape where we hear everyone's opinion, 
So sometimes I think we don't think about that. Also, another movie I'm looking forward to is Book of Clarence with uh okay. Keith Stafford. I don't I still don't know what the fuck this is about. Is this about a nigga pretending to be Jesus, but black? Is he is he is this just black Jesus but serious? I don't understand the plot still. I could just Google this shit and find out, mm. but I'm probably just gonna wait till the movie come out and go see it. Mm. Um so those are two movies I'm I plan to see this month. I actually saw American Fiction is showing here at a local theater, so I'll probably go see it soon. Okay. And uh, next time we we do an episode, I'll talk about it or review it or whatever. Fuck. Mm. Uh, um, if it's really good, I'll probably tell you to go see it too, and we both review it. But yeah, Book of Clarence, American Fiction, two things I'm really interested in seeing and you know taking in this year. Uh, musically, um, I don't know. I don't know what to expect. You know, I just listen to the shit when it comes out. That's pretty much <laughs> what I do now. <laughs> well, I will say. Oh, go ahead, real quick. Oh, I was saying. Well, I, I would, I would hope or expect this year. A lot of classic albums are turning thirty this year. Uh, Ill Mag is turning thirty. Uh, Crazy Six is Cool is turning thirty. Um, uh, My Life is turning thirty. Uh, Ready to Die, you know. Um, Southern Playlistic Cadillac Funky Music is turning thirty. Um, even on the rock side, Down with Spiral, Dookie. Um, you know, so I I think we would expect a lot of you know, uh, maybe not documentaries, but like something from you know some from those artists. Yeah, write ups. Yeah, yeah. All tours, all types mm-hmm. of shit. Yeah, yeah, I agree. So yeah, it's gonna be fun. It's gonna be fun to see the responses for that and how people um continue to keep the legacy alive of those pro of those uh projects. It's always fun when albums turn. Oh, Dropout turning 20. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's so true. that's going to be interesting. Oh, yeah, yeah. Just see some 04 stuff. Uh, American Idiot. Mm-hmm. Bringing up yeah, Green Day again. Green Day might go on the tour this summer. Shit. Yeah, they might. Yeah, that's true. Headline Coachella or some shit. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so, yeah, the possibilities are endless. Uh gonna be a fun year hopefully and i hope everything comes into fruition for you personally professionally and i hope everybody has a profitable successful fun productive 2024 mm, yeah and we're gonna keep y'all posted we're still doing this podcast man it was not stopping we might take a break we might be slow to drop some episodes but we're still going and we're growing too um when me and uh k Clark first started this it was pretty much it started off with me doing a friend a favor, but I've grown to enjoy doing it. Um, you know, I'm not as active as I am on social media as far as like promoting it and whatnot, but you know, we had a moment where I think we shared it. I agreed to share it or whatever. We both shared it and we saw some numbers or some growth. So we're just we're gonna continue to push this thing. It's a labor of love. We're not looking to get paid for this or uh we're not looking for any sponsors. I mean that'd be nice, but you know. We're not looking to quit our jobs for, for this. This is just something we do for fun. It's pretty much a part of the friendship at this point, just catching up, honestly. Because uh, it's a shit we would do on the phone. We, mm-hmm. we just let other people hear it now. So, but uh, anything else you got to add? Uh, well, I guess real quick, I did see Renaissance uh, last month. Uh, the first, the, that first weekend it was out. Uh, I enjoyed what did you it. What you think uh, about it? You enjoyed it? Yeah, I enjoyed it, yeah. Um, I mean, similar to Homecoming as far as like the format, you know, you see some, it's longer than Homecoming, actually, I think it's about 
it's almost three hours actually um yeah <laughs> um it's like so it's like a bit of, you watch a bit of the performance and you go back, back backstage and more performance and then backstage again and you know parts of of uh stuff about blue and her performing and debuting and dealing with the backlash on social media and uh stuff about uncle johnny and things like that are included so um i mean yeah overall i liked it i know that uh certain uh op-eds are written that got the beehive upset um about, mm. about uh mm-hmm. uh then one one particular in vulture that uh that raised some ire of a certain co-host of a, of a popular podcast um which I read it myself, and I, I thought parts of it were a bit harsh, but in terms of the tone, the delivery, but in general, I mean, she kind of made some valid points. <laughs> um, hmm. You know, but what I'm referring to is it's a review and vulture basically saying that, um, so I guess some of this that Beyonce sort of she adopts uh, left leaning social positions, but doesn't necessarily take take it to a place where it could alienate any of the base. Uh, uh, so here's no. the thing I, I kind of <laughs> agree with that because I mean most most really smart artists do that they stay mm-hmm. kind of center based mm-hmm. they, they're, they're centers for the most in real life for the, at least from what we figure but you know they present left leaning politics because that's what's hot you know mm-hmm. um, Beyonce is someone who adapts with the times you know has she always said that Oh yeah, has she by tongue and voice said that she promotes or supports queer artists or whatever? Not really, but she did like in you know in certain elements like videos. I'm sure like behind the scenes with makeup and hair and other shit. You know she has queer uh, people work for her and mm-hmm. all that. I'm pretty sure I, I wouldn't. I would never say she's outright homophobic or any homophobic really traits that show. But I mean, has she, she been loud about it? No. Yeah. No. But. Uh, <laughs> But I mean, but also when you're when you're a straight person, do you really want a straight person sometimes meddling in business that don't really have their concern? I mean, do you want do you want a, somebody pretending to be an ally or do you want a true ally? Or would you rather somebody just just stay in their lane and just do music? You know, just stay 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 musician, basically. I think it, stay it, do what you're good at. I think this goes into the thing of like, you know. Uh, why she got backlash for, for the film showing in Israel for some folks, or people expecting mm. her to speak out, speak out about the current situation with Palestine. It's like, I think she's in my mind. Though people who are asking for that uh, aren't being uh, aren't wrong or aren't, be, aren't being unreasonable because she has raised an expectation of herself, particularly over the past decade. You know, she's the one who performed on stage with the big big science said feminists. She's the one that was mm-hmm. as, as a black panther at, at the Super Bowl and drowned the cop car in, in the formation video. You know, she's the one who has made this album explicitly about black queer folks. So she's already dipped her toe in the social statements and social movements. So the people, if, so if that thing, if, and it's all, and it's all in service of saying, I'm not just a pop star. I'm an artist, and I'm, I'm an artist who has a social conscience. Well, if you do. Then you know people are going to expect you to expect you to do more than an average pop star. Now, for someone like say Usher, I don't expect Usher to do that because it's never been Usher's thing. Usher's brand is music and love, sensuality and great dance and the great, great entertainment, and and that's it. So, I think it for me it's like I guess it depends on the celebrity. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, on a, on, a, on a human level, I, I would appreciate that, but you know, 
uh, so in terms of like a celebrity and, and what they represent, you know, all you represent is like, you know, the entertainment or the art or the music. And the music itself it tends to be on one thing, you know, in particular, sticking with Usher, it tends to be on, you know, love and relationships and I don't expect much beyond that. And that's fair. That is fair. And that's what, that, that's a good call out, honestly. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think it's, I think every celebrity or every famous person, every person period deserves some critique you know what I'm saying? But we all contradict ourselves. We all hypocrites. So it kind of goes to show you that there is humanity in these people because shit, they flawed. Mm. You know, um, I mean, Beyonce, she's not going to say nothing about that conflict between Israel and, um, you know, Gaza, Palestine and all that. And do I want her to? No, but also your movie being there is. I don't know. I don't know. It's it's mm -hmm. tricky. It's a tightrope. Mm -hmm. You know. Then they say that the Israeli people. I don't. I can't. I don't know if the people of the military adopted "Break My Soul." I think. Yeah. 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 So it's 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 all weird, man. I don't know. If sometimes it's, a, it's is it elite propaganda or is it just you know kickers come on roofs? It's it's, it's it's interesting. Mm -hmm. So, but yeah, I'm glad you got to see. It. I need to see it myself. I probably I probably won't see it till it's on streaming. I hope it gets on streaming because you know it sounds like she may she may not put it on there. I don't know. <laughs> uh, oh lord! I mean, I think she will. I mean, because Homecoming was on streaming, so. Uh, but then again, Formation wasn't, so yeah. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. I'm still. I still want to forget a part two. I guess. I, I guess that's something I'm, I'm looking forward to this year. If we get something, if we get a part two, I don't know because. At this point, the, the part one's been going on since uh spring of twenty twenty two. So, which in this landscape is yeah, I don't of, know, it's forever. <laughs> I don't know what we're getting. Uh, we'll see though. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that's what we got here, y'all. We have another episode of the side. I I hope y'all appreciate it. I hope y'all listen. I hope y'all just continue to enjoy what we do. It's a labor of love. Um, we do this because we enjoy it. You know, we're not getting any money for it. It's just something that we do because why not? You know, we both like media. We both like gossip and pop culture. You know, I'm not as in tuned as I used to be, but I mean, I still like a good headline like everybody else. So I'm not above it. But until next time, friends, I just want y'all to keep your eyes open, keep your eyebrows raised this year you know have a prosperous 2024 don't be out here looking crazy goodbye <laughs> bye